Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. Not only is, of course, is Boris the new Prime Minister, he has also, of course, um, decided that his new Secretary of State or Home Secretary uh, would be this wonderful young lady, uh, Pretty, uh, I love her name actually, Pretty Patel. She's a lovely name. I just love that name. It's a wonderful name, isn't it? Now, Pretty Patel is from India. I'm not going to read the whole thing that I spoke about today, but, but you get the general gist of it. She has said, of course, that when Brexit happens, it's not if, it's when Brexit happens, because I, Boris has been very clear about it. Brexit's happening, come hell or high water, in October, all right? So when Brexit happens, that there will have to be a new immigration policy. And the new immigration policy won't be... I'm not going to read out all her thing that I read out today because she talks about, you know, welcoming diversity. She talks about, you know, people who come to the country who are aspirational, hardworking people who want to come there. But she said, absolutely, we invite them all. But because they are no longer part of Europe, Bango is the free movement of people. So you can't just wander in. Now, Irish people can, of course, because we have a separate deal with Britain, okay? Uh, So we can move between the two countries, all right? And we can work in the UK, etc. We've always had that deal before we were even in the EU. That's a separate deal, Right. But Europeans and non-Europeans cannot go into Britain anymore without having a visa or a work permit, similar to the way you would the United States or Australia or any other country, because they're not part of Europe anymore. So she said they will have a new immigration policy, and part of that policy will be that you must be able to speak English, you must have a promise of a job, as you would in, on many of the visa circumstances if you go to Canada, the United States or Australia, um, and you also must have a, a promise of a job that's going to earn you more than £30,000 or €34,000, Um And the reason for that, that figure is, well, according to what I heard today, the reason for that figure is that they don't want people going to the country reliant on social welfare or benefits to prop up their salaries because they're not earning enough to live. So at least that's a reasonable average wage. All right? So, and I'm asking, is this a good idea? Now, she has been condemned by the Mayor of London who has said, you know, Sadie Khan said this is just wrong. He said that sectors including construction, social care, hospitality would all be hit hard with these new restrictions on low-skilled immigration because she said she doesn't want any unskilled people. She said she only wants skilled workers. Similar to Australia, mostly America, unless we're talking to Sean today, we mentioned the lotto system they have, which allows a certain amount of people in who are unskilled. Um, And Canada and every other country. And supposedly Ireland, by the way, as well. But we, our immigration policy has actually gone down the toilet at this stage. But in any case, that's a whole other argument. But that's the point I'm talking about this tonight is, do you agree with her? She has been now accused, even though she's Indian, and moved there herself back in the 1960s with her family. Uh, legitimately, by the way, can I point out, not illegally. Legitimately, they moved to Britain. Uh, this is well a time uh, when she was living in Uganda. And, um, of course, Uganda, or should I say Asian people were moved, or Indian people were, were forced out of Uganda, and she moved to Britain with her family. But the point I'm trying to make is, do you agree with her? Some people have said, this is racist, it's very Donald Trump-esque, uh, and uh, it's wrong that you can't be telling people they can't move to the UK uh, just because they're unskilled. I want to get your thoughts. Um, would you like to see Ireland do something similar? Do you, would you like, we, by the way... I don't even know why I'm asking this question in some sense, because we have done something similar in some sense, apart from the fact that we have to allow Europeans in because we have free movement of people. But non-EU citizens have a strict criteria for getting into this country, but you wouldn't think it. We may as well not have an immigration uh, control at Dublin Airport or any of the ports in this country, because people can wander in and out of this country as if there's just no rules. That seems to be the way it is at the moment. But let's just talk about this. Should we have a strict immigration policy whereby you must be able to speak English, you must be have you must have a job offer, and you must be earning over thirty 
€4,000 a year, which would be around the average industrial wage. Is that a good idea or is that a bad idea? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-008. Is it a good idea or a bad idea? Robert, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Robert? Hey, how's it going? Sorry, Robert, I was waffling on a bit there. A little bit much, probably. <laughs> no, it's fine. Robert, I mean, is it a good idea or is it a bad idea? Um, I think it's a fairly shoddy idea. I don't think it's very well thought out. I think it's just... Why? What, what part is not well thought out, would you imagine? Um, just the language part. I wouldn't have too much of a problem with the other... With the skilled and the, the yeah. being offered a job. But yeah. why, why the language part? Surely for you to... I suppose do well in a country, you know, you know, in any occupation, you would have to have a good grasp or a working knowledge of the language. Well, I think there's whole kind of sections in industries that that isn't the case. Well, if you're working, say, in a warehouse or somewhere where you didn't yeah, need to speak to anybody, construction or you know, like kind of kitchen porter type of jobs, stuff like that. They like, would be generally unskilled workers, and they don't really, they don't want unskilled workers. They said they have enough of them. So well, the, she's clearly saying, I don't want unskilled people, I want skilled people. Yeah, well, I just don't think that's great. I think we do need unskilled labour, like the whole market relies on everyone having an alienable, alienable skill set. I mean, if you um, if you move to China tomorrow, Robert, let's say, yeah. for example, you decided China looks like a nice place, I think I'll go Let's there. Fix, off we go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't go there without having a basic knowledge of Mandarin, would you? I mean, what's the point? I mean, she couldn't communicate with anybody. I think the fact that I would have to once I was over there. What, you think if, once you immerse yourself in the culture and the language, you might learn it? I mean, if, if I had a job um, promised to me to go to China, like I have the job and I've no Chinese, and once I get there, I think I will obviously have to start learning Chinese. But if I have the job that is already set up for me, I have the promise of that and I can go, I'm sure I could make do. See, the argument is, of course, that many years ago, George, George Osborne, who was the Home Secretary, I think, at the time, or the, the Secretary of State, I can't remember what he was at the time, but he wanted to cut people off social welfare who didn't have a working knowledge of the English language, unless they were willing to go for English lessons, because he said there's no point. He said because they're limited in the amount of jobs they can actually get. I think if you're paying taxes, that's irrelevant. Well, if you're paying taxes, maybe it is irrelevant. But the problem is, is if you allow somebody in who can't speak English, into, and let's say they have a promise of a job. Let's say it's 34,000, yeah. but they can't speak English. And let's say they're working, yeah. I, I don't know, in some skilled job in tech, maybe, right? Yeah. Some sort of tech company that happens to be Spanish, right? And, and their yeah. work colleagues are Spanish, so that's grand. They don't really need to communicate in English, right? But let's say they lose their job. Yeah. Then what happens? They're going to go on the dole. And they don't really have much of a chance of getting another job where you only have to speak Spanish. So the point is, it does limit people in getting employment because nowadays very few jobs are for life. That's true, yeah. But if you've been paying your taxes, I do think that's irrelevant. You think it's irrelevant? Yeah, I think... Um, I mean, we, the, the, the governments of the world will all will like to think that we're all going to work forever and never be claiming the dole and be paying, paying <laughs> yeah. taxes forever. And that's the, whole, that's the whole way that economies work. It's based on the fact that people do that. Now, there is a little safety net there of social welfare, which is not an endless pit of money. So, yeah. but, so they don't want to be used in that. They would like to think that you're going to be in permanent employment. Yeah, well, I would assume that's what the, um, the requirement for having a job promise is. Yeah, but you're going to an English-speaking country. Yeah, well, you got, I think, factor, you will learn the language once you're there. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, well, you... okay well, well, let me just see. Michael, you're on Classic Kids. Michael, Robert believes that once you get there, sure, you might have a good knowledge of the language after a couple of months anyway. 
Yeah, I don't know about that. You know. No. <laughs> don't sound too excited about the idea, Michael. You know what I mean? I'm just, you know. No, I mean, I'm listening to Robert there and it's all a very emotional kind of stuff. It's not like uh, calling it shoddy. I don't know where he's getting shoddy from. It's it's just basic, standard, practical practice, really, isn't it? Like, you, you, if you're going to emigrate to a foreign country, you should at least know the language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, agree with that, but I don't think it's the place of the government to require that if you're already paying your taxes. I think government has no business in your personal life if you're paying your taxes. Yeah, but you haven't paid your taxes if you haven't even entered the country yet. Like, what are you talking about? Because you have the promise of a job in this scenario. Yeah, but you don't have the promise of, of a job. Not everyone who emigrates the country has a promise of no, a job. No, no that, well, that's part of the deal as well, Michael. That you know, well, she's saying she's say, yeah. yeah, she's saying that to get into Britain, once Brexit happens, of course, uh, be it from Europe or from uh, outside of Europe, you will have to have a promise of a job. Uh, you will have to earn over thirty thousand, which is about thirty-four thousand euro, and you will have to uh, have a good working knowledge of the English language. It's just really sensible talk. I think she's she's on the ball. I mean, there's nothing, I Robert, there's nothing unusual about that kind of, those kind of stipulations. No, there isn't, no. You know, so, but, I mean, Robert, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, how far you would go with this. Do you believe, for example, that there should even be those that criteria of a promise of a job? Or do you believe that people should be able to experiment and pop into a country and see how they get on? And sure, if they don't get on well, they can go back home again. Do you believe people should be able to do that? Well, that's the EU, isn't it? <laughs> well, but that's 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 not working out too well, is it? Yeah. No, so, so I mean, but do you believe that you know this kind of whole free movement of people? Do you think it works? Um, I would. Not really, no. Right. Well, then, if we're saying that doesn't work, there's a reason why it doesn't work. It's because unskilled workers are going from country to country and not getting jobs, yeah. and and so living off the states. So I would consider myself libertarian on the issue until um, until the dole comes into it. I think you do. If you're paying taxes, then your personal life is up to you. Mm-hmm. If so I don't really. Think yeah, but you're, but, you yeah can, but you're not. Like if I want to move to America, you know, generally speaking, unless I can get one of these special recognised visas, I have to have a promise of a job. Now, America obviously would be different as far as language is concerned, because the main language in America, a spoken language, is probably Spanish anyway, uh, yeah. not, and not not English. In mo- well, in many states. Yeah, I think the issue should just be the promise of the job. I don't really see what the language has to do with it. Like, if you're coming in and you're going to be making money and you're paying your taxes, then, yeah, that's great. Do you think, Michael, it's a bit, it's a bit tough? It's making it extremely tough for people to move to Britain? No, look, I live in London and I can tell you, this, this whole idea has come from a place of people... A large amount of people not speaking the native language in that country. Yeah, but they've already got they've already gone too far for that, haven't they? Well, no, no. They can they can. This is a way of stemming it. Um, I mean, they're... you can't you can turn off the tap. You know what I mean? And stop filling the bathtub here. If that's a good metaphor or whatever. Yeah, but, you're, but yeah, but they're all. If you're going to use that metaphor and analogy, they're already under the water. <laughs> do, do, no, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you know, no, that kind of immigration no, has started in Britain no. 40 years ago, 50 years ago. No, see, well, no, Ireland is in a worse state than the UK because statistically, the UK, Ireland has a higher percentage of foreign people in terms of our population. The English don't. They still have a large British population. It's only in the London last... and places. 
that you see massive numbers. So most of England well, is... Well, so, okay, according to the CSO figures, one in seven people in this country is of foreign origin. In Ireland? Yeah, now depending on where you live, there are parts of, uh, of Dublin, for example, where only one in five are actually Irish. So, yeah. so, so it, dep- it depends thing. on where you are. But, but generally, statistically in Ireland, one in seven are non-Irish. Uh, see, I think we're in a worse day. And I, and I have to laugh at these Irish... I, 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 don't, I try not to get too caught up in the Irish media, but you see these Irish journalists really smugly laughing at the English and not really looking in their own back garden at the state we're in. We're in a far worse state. And it, like England has one of the highest economies in the world, and they have they they have industries that far surpass us, outweigh us in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Like we're like we're still. Like, we're still a colony in a lot of senses. We we don't have industry. We don't have a military. We have nothing in this country, nothing. So England are doing what they need to do, and we shouldn't be pointing the finger and, <laughs> and judging them. We should be like taking notes for our own. So, like we've because it's, you reckon it's coming down the road anyway. Well, we're so close to them, Noel. It has to. Okay, well, do me a favor, stay there because I know Alan is waiting for a flight back to the UK as we speak. Alan, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Alan? Hello, Noel. I'm waiting on a flight back to Ireland. Oh, oh back <laughs> to Ireland. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm stuck in the UK due to this weather. But uh, yeah, now, listen, I've listened to what they've been saying. And I've worked I've worked in the UK since... Well, I've been working actually in a skilled job since April. Um, I was in an unskilled job before this in the UK. And I've only been over here since last year. Um, but I think the UK are doing are doing great for themselves with this whole Brexit act. Easier to get out with the no deal and sort things out that way, but that's another subject. We're bringing people in. I worked in Ireland in a non-skilled job for a, for a few years, and we brought people in from Europe, and it drove the wages down to minimum wage. People are happy to work. People come from Eastern Europe are happy to work for minimum wage. And mm-hmm. here in the UK, it's the same. It's, it is the same. Whereas you have people... It's a race to the in, bottom is what you're saying. That's exactly what it was, yeah. And it took me a while to get get myself up onto a decent ladder where I was in a skilled job. Now, I didn't go to college. I didn't do whatever, you know, the norm is. I, I got myself up onto a decent job, a decent wage and whatever. And I am in a skilled job now, so I'm happy that I'd be able to stay in the UK after Brexit, no problem. Well, well Ireland and the UK have always had a deal anyway. We so always had it. We always yeah. had this, yeah. Now, I couldn't join the police force. I, I was surprised when I moved to England. I couldn't join the police force. I thought that deal stretched that far but can you not I know, I know, no, in, Nor- I know in Northern Ireland you can't I know that, that but yeah yeah but no I, I didn't know I didn't know you yeah. couldn't if you didn't have a British passport no, no. I signed up the minute I, I, joined, I, I moved over here with the partner I signed up and I was told I'm sorry regardless of where you're from you need to be in the UK for three years right okay uh, and how long does it take to get a British passport I don't know. I'll probably never apply for one, but uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, so you won't be surrendering your Irish passport, no? (laughs) (laughs) no. We didn't carry both, by the way. You can keep both. Okay, but but, okay, so Alan, you agree with uh, Priti Patel and what she's saying. You know, and you know, it is hardline stuff, the new immigration policy, that you have to be a promise of a job earning over 30 grand sterling, and you also have to speak English. Is that that okay? Yeah, well. Maybe not the English part. I don't. I don't have a problem with someone coming over here. But surely the English part is important. It's England, for God's sake. Yeah, it depends on what job they're going for. If they're going for the, well, the majority, the majority of jobs, the majority, not all jobs, the majority yeah. of jobs require you to speak. 
Exactly, yeah. And multilingual jobs, you know, in the travel sector, I can understand. But yeah, you should have a basic understanding of English. I've been, I've worked in um, certain jobs over here, and I've worked in certain communities where they don't need to speak English because the community that they're surrounded by doesn't speak English. But that, that maybe that's not such a, but that's not such a good thing, is it? It's not because and it's, it's a terrible thing. And that is why Brexit has gotten to the stage where we're... That's why Brexit got true. That's why everything okay. is at the well, stage well, we're at. Well, let me ask Robert that. Robert, that's a fair point. He says there is communities over there where you wouldn't need to speak English, but that's not such a good thing, Robert, because it is England, and they should be still... You know, even though they, they welcome diversity, they should be proud of their heritage. Yeah, I wouldn't have any problem with that. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the point that he's making is that, that the only way that you might get a job is in a community where they don't speak English. So you, will, you do need English to get your average job. Yeah, you do, yeah, but if all I'm saying is if you have the promise of a job, then that should be the criteria. That should be enough, really, like. Yeah, as long as you're paying yeah. the taxes, I think that's as far as... I understand that, I understand that, but the lower-paid jobs over here, the reason why they're low-paid is because there's people from East, from other parts of Europe that are willing to do them low-paid because mm. the low pay here is actually the equivalent to the high pay where they're from. And it, well, it, people here won't do the low-paid jobs. What, what's, the, what's the minimum wage in the UK now? Uh, 8.25, oh, is it? My partner, right, because my partner, if you're 18, we have a completely backward system over here, Loyal, and I've only learned this. If you're 18, you can learn, the minimum wage is like £5 something. If you're over 24 or 25, it goes up to about £8. But um, mm. if you're under 24, they don't actually, you don't, you're not entitled to the same amount of minimum pay if you're under 24. Yeah, their, their laws are all a bit bonkers over there, to be honest. <laughs> it, it took me, it, it, I still don't know it, to be honest. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it is minimum wage work, and the Eastern Europeans are the ones who are doing it. And what are you doing, by the way? What are you doing coming home? Or do you come home regularly? I'm not. I'm coming home for a family a family emergency, unfortunately. All right. But, well, uh, I hope everything's yeah. all right. Well, you know, a funeral tomorrow, but oh, I'm sorry to hear that. that. And then I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Then. Uh, and can I ask you an honest question? Ireland or England? Apart from your mates in the pub, which do you prefer? Which do you think you have more potential in? Uh, sorry to say, but in England, I, I, we couldn't afford Dublin. That's why we moved out of Dublin. And whereabouts in England are you living? Where are you in England? Are you living? I'm in Central. I'm in Birmingham. I'm in Birmingham right. now. But um, property prices are lower. Yeah. We're, we're, we're paying 750 quid a month for a house in a really high-end area, whereas in Dublin we're paying, very lucky to be paying 1,100 for the two-bed house very, in well, Dublin. We were very, that's very lucky, we yeah. Very you wouldn't lucky. get a shed for that but in most parts. We were, so we you're, paying nine, you're paying 900 sterling, I assume? Uh, no, we're paying 750 pounds. Oh, oh 750 pounds. Okay, yeah. it's about 900 euros. The difference yeah. is we were surviving in Dublin, but we're actually living in Birmingham. You know, we're actually enjoying life. Better quality. Okay, and, and so you're living in Birmingham, close to the city, and you're paying 900 for a three-bedroom house in a nice area. Uh, yeah, roughly Very speaking, cheapest. yeah. Well, that's certainly an incentive for people to want to go, isn't it? Let me just go to Ray. Thanks for that, Alan. I know you're kind of rushed there to get a flight. Alan, or Ray, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Ray? Oh, hang on, I've got to turn you on, Ray. Sorry, Raymond. Raymond, go ahead. You know, I, yeah, no, listening to the conversation, um... The way I look at it is English wouldn't bother me. It would be more, has the guy been guarded vetted? Oh, right, yes. You know, because the simple fact is that, you know, I want to know who is coming into the country. Whether he can speak English or not wouldn't really matter. Well, I imagine when the new immigration policy comes in after Brexit, everybody will have to be, you know, completely vetted because it'll be like 
when you want to go to America, you have to go into the American embassy and make an application, mm. fill out a form, yeah. and everybody gets a background check before they, they'll say yes. Yeah, but here in Ireland and in the UK, there's no background check. No, well, not at the moment there isn't, no. Yeah, I saw It's a free-for-all. I mean, no, free-for-all, and like as I said, yeah. you, you don't know who's moving in alongside you. So English wouldn't bother me once I knew that Shani who moved in next door is a, a good, upstanding citizen that's going to contribute to the neighbourhood. Mm-hmm. Instead of just like we have here in Ireland, anyone can come in, just hop on the ferry or a plane, and you can come in and do what you like, and no one bothers you. Um, that's a fair point, Michael. Under this new policy, Michael, Ray makes the point, at least we know people would be vetted somewhat, or that we would do background mm-hmm. checks, rather than the kind of willy-nilly approach we have at the moment as being part of Europe. I know, it's mind-blowing that people can just come in here with not knowing who they are. Like, and oh, yeah, that's the, it, yeah. Well, that we signed up for it, didn't we? Alleg- yeah, I mean, allegedly. Yeah, and I'm like... I mean, on that, if you look at kind of the Middle East there, right, so you have that whole thing that was going on in Syria, right, and now the people who are out of Syria are the ones who were the ISIS guys, and they can't go back to Syria. So they're being sent all around the world, mostly men, and we're being told that they are the innocent women and children that they were actually killing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the mind-boggling part. And, and Well, I, I, you know what, I think this immigration policy that Britain are, are bringing in is going to be a bigger problem for us because yeah, oh yeah. Well, because right. yeah. a lot of people want to go to an English-speaking country, particularly if they're coming from parts of the Middle East where they speak English, right? So they're going yeah. to, or, or from the continent of Africa, uh, so they're going to come here, India, Pakistan, um, they're going to come here because they can't go to Britain anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, and we've such a small population, like England is 6, 70 million or something, and we have like 5 million, less than 5 million. 1.7, yeah. Can you, uh, like, <laughs> all, the, all the main streets in, in every town in Ireland won't, won't be Irish people walking up and down them, you know? Well, I mean, have... well, let me ask Robert, because he's a libertarian. Robert, you know what I mean? This idea that when Britain closes its doors, uh, you know, in 93 days, which essentially they will be, it'll be strict, uh, you know, Ireland is going to be the country of option, you know, when it comes to anybody who wants to go to an English-speaking country in, in Europe. Does, is that concerning, do you think, Robert? Oh, he's gone. Oh, I lost Robert. Well, let me just... I'll ask Anthony the same question. Sorry, Anthony. Are you there? Hi, Niall. Anthony, do you think that's a worry for Ireland? I'm wondering. I was actually thinking about that earlier on. Funny that you should mention it. Will it be a good thing or a bad thing? For the flight, they'll have to come through England. So that could actually put a stop to it. But by sea, I don't know. Will it put a stop to it? You know that there'll be more checks. So, but... Well, that if they have to come through the UK to Heathrow Airport, they they will be going to the what you call it the what you call that lounge where they where you actually don't go to immigration, where you're transferring to another flight. You don't have to go to immigration because uh, you're transferring. Boiling lounge, yeah, whatever. Yes, yeah. so you're, tra- <laughs> you're transferring from gate to gate, and you don't have to go to immigration because you're not actually staying in the country. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, that's not going to affect England. That, so in other words, somebody could come from be it Pakistan, India, wherever it is, and have a, a flight for uh, you know through Heathrow into London, into Dublin. Uh, you know, their first port of call, so to speak, as far as immigration is concerned, is going to be Dublin. But I think I mean business, all right. I mean, I was just looking at Boris there now about a half an hour ago on Sky News, choking a chicken, choking his chicken up in Wales. What was he doing? And the Sorry. One taking him, choking a chicken. He was in a chicken factory in Wales. And he was literally choking the chicken. No, you know what that's slang for. I know, I'm just trying to... I, I, ask, I, no, I didn't see the clip you seen. <laughs> they, right. It was kind of disturbing. The chicken, the chicken looked disturbed. Right. But he means business. 
Oh, he well, he does mean business. And, I mean, yeah. there's no point, Leo. Like, I mean, what's Leo going to do? Ah, meet up with him and see if they match in Jackson's soccer. I actually, do you know, so every time somebody mentions his name, I get a chill up my spine. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Just, I mean, uh, Ray, are you a Fianna Gael fan, Ray? Um, I used to be Noel. Yeah, I kind of get a chill up my spine when somebody mentions Leo's name now. Yes, correct, because he's not a leader. No, he's not. He's, he's over not in leader. Europe, you know, uh, swanning well, around over there, hanging out with the people in Europe, in the, with the EU, when he should be uh, talking to Britain. I mean, he should have been for the last two years. We have no plan B. No, I'm, no I agree with your father and the ex-ministers. Well, hang on, Ray. Sorry, Ray, said it again. He's over in Europe, hanging around with all the ex-ministers. Yeah, look, got, looking forward to his new for, job. His yeah. new job, that they got big jobs over with lots of money and cushy, happy old hair lads. Mm. You know, they got away with it. They, they ruined this country and ran off to Europe themselves with big pensions. Yeah, so, sorry, uh, Michael wanted to say something there. Sorry, Michael. No, that was the other bit. Oh, was it? Sorry, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Hansi. Now, one thing that Margaret Thatcher did get right, I know she was Marmite. Some people hated her. And I liked Margaret. Loved her. Me, yeah. I did in my own way as well. She, they kept their sterling. And I don't really see the point of the euro, to be quite honest with you, because like one of the earlier callers said, 50 euros here will do very little for you, but 50 euros in some crappy Eastern European country will probably feed you for a month, Mm -hmm. you know, and keep you in luxury. Mm -hmm. So there's no equality. There's no level playing field. And you can sit at home in some crappy Eastern European country and work for the minimum wage. I know you're never going to get social welfare. Children's allowance doesn't go into double figures in some of these countries. Or you can move over to Ireland and work for six months on a crappy minimum page wage job, and you can get children's allowance for your children. That would be probably a month's pay back home in your own country. And once you've done that for a couple of years, you can move back. It's not a level playing field. That's why I think the whole European project, I hope, actually, that Brexit will be a success. I think there'll be probably a course. The transition period will... No, there's got to be 10 years of a bit of a mess, probably. It'll, yeah. ta- it'll take 10 years. And, and somebody rightly says here, um, Britain will still allow Commonwealth citizens. Uh, it's Europeans that will have the issues. Well, Europeans and people from outside of Europe, unless they happen to be in the Commonwealth. And where it says, hi, Noel, Noel Edmonds got into trouble for saying uh, in public, England is full. I agree with him. Uh, well, I don't think any country is ever full. But well, we within reason, China was kind of full at one stage. But I don't think it's full. I mean, I, th- I think what happens is you have a limited population for the amount of I suppose, money that's being made. Um, and provided you increase your population slowly, uh, uh, you know, the economy can sustain that. Sorry, yeah, Anthony. But, Niall, we give asylum to people from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And I just think, like, there's the EU, there's the Commonwealth. Why are we getting all these people from Commonwealth countries coming over here seeking asylum? Surely they should go to another EU or another Commonwealth country rather than coming to an EU country. Absolutely. And stop jumping along, jump-frogging along and hopscotching along through Europe and landing in France and landing in Germany and landing in England and then finding your way over here. We're a pack of fools, like. We're the bigger Egypt. And we can't soak it up. We have to be the best in the class at everything, like. Oh, aren't we fantastic? Oh, we're brilliant. We love it and we love migrants and everything. 
we heard there a couple of weeks ago, a fortnight ago, there's 700 people in direct provision that have to stay there because there's nowhere for them to live. There's nowhere for the indigenous people to live, let alone the people in direct provision. And there's still more coming in. And those numbers are increasing by the month, the amount of people that are coming into Ireland. Um, also, well, let, let me get back to the language if I possibly can. And I want to come to James after the break. James, I'm going to have to take a quick break, so please stay with me. Um, do you believe that people should have to speak English to live in England? Um, that's one of the requirements uh, under the new immigration policy. Uh, Sean's not very happy yet. Um, sorry, Sean, I'm only joking. What a disingenuous argument. Lack of fluent English skills. Well, no one said fluent English. You know, I did say a working knowledge of the language, Sean. Lack of fluent English skills is not a barrier to employment for millions of immigrants to the USA, says Sean. Uh, Sean, you cannot compare the United States of America to the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom is British. I Sorry, I was saluting there. The United Kingdom is British, and they speak English, generally speaking, all across the United Kingdom. In the United States, of course, is very different, Sean, because in many states, English may not be even the first language. For example, when you look at New York, the most popular radio station in New York is a Spanish-speaking radio station. Where I was in Florida, the most popular radio station is a station called Rumba, which is Latin American. So, you know, Sean, you cannot compare the melting pot that is the United States uh, to Britain when it comes to language. Sorry, just put you back in your place there. Now, maybe maybe you'll have an argument against that. I'm sure you will. Uh, okay, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Uh, the number is 0871880008. And let us know, do you agree with Priti Patel, the Home Secretary of England, who has now, or well, Great Britain, who has now said that uh, when Brexit happens, there will be a new immigration policy will make it very tough to get into England. Uh, James, or Great Britain for that matter. James, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, James? How's it going, now? Well, how's it going, James? Good evening. <laughs> good evening to you. James, do you yes. believe this is a good plan? I mean, it might be a little bit OTT, is it? No, perfectly uh, understandable. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a bit bonkers, I think, for a while. Well, more than, um, more than a while, probably. Well, you see a lot of people... But is, it not, really is it not too late? Are they not, you know, closing the door after the horse is bolted, so to speak? Mm, well, you see, right there, I, I think the birth rate for Britain is 2.1, so they're at replacement level, but they're not at growth. So if I was them, I'd actually try to stimulate birth rates among the population that you have. Get right. To mix with one another. And then after a couple of generations, you would have what they'd call British, you know. Indigenous people again. Indigenous, exactly. Exactly. Slow the stem, well, stem the slow, flow, and sorry. And, uh, you know, try and increase your own birth rates. And is it important that a country keeps its indigenous traditions and cultures? Well, I wouldn't like to see the countries become balkanised. So I wouldn't, I don't think, I think... Well, look, I mean, both, look at America, for an example. America doesn't have any real tradition as such or culture because it's a melting pot of all different traditions and cultures. And generally speaking, with the exceptions of the odd stories we hear every now and again, it seems to work in most states. Some states are an exception. Yeah, you see, because the indigenous argument is basically irrelevant and nobody has claim over that's the land. That's what I'm saying. Well, that, well that's, that's the point I'm making. You know? There, so, is, there is no indigenous as well, such. Well, there is. There is. But there are like 1% to 2% of the population, I think. Yeah. Could be a bit bigger now, but that's I'm sure Sean will correct us on that and tell yeah. us, you know. So, you know, so when you have a, a long standing population who has established themselves, built the country in their eyes, let's say, the culture, the customs, the tradition, internationally it's known for X, Y, and Z, I think the change that can be a quite a volatile thing to do, I don't think it's 
Okay, well, what about, the, what about the language? Now, I know Sean will make the argument that in America, that's not a criteria, and it's not a criteria because, of course, there's many languages spoken in the United States of America, although mm-hmm. although English would be the most acceptable language, but certainly not the most spoken in some states. But it's the it, language of commerce. It's the langu- it is the most common, even for people who don't speak English, it's the second language. But in, but in saying that, you know, Britain obviously is English, or it's British, and they speak English. But is it a necessity, as Robert made the point earlier on, that sure, if you're going and you have a promise of a job, sure, what's the problem if you don't speak English? You, you can learn it. But I'd say for the immigrants' experience also, and not to be exploited... It's as much as an essential for them as it is. Well, you're not going to be exploited if you're, if, if you're applying for a visa. Well, that's not necessarily true, no. No, well, I mean, under the you new know. immigration policy, you will have to apply for a visa. Uh, you will obviously have to apply to your local embassy if you're living in Poland or wherever it happens to be, or India. You see, you'll have to apply to, a, to, to an embassy. You will have to prove who you are and what you are, and you, know, and you have to prove that you have a good enough job to go there and sustain yourself. So from those grounds, you're not going to be exploited, I would hope. Mm. No, well, well, unless you lose that job, still happens in Britain today. No, hmm. uh, of low-skilled workers and quotes, people who don't speak the language get the passports taken off them, etc. That's actually a problem in Britain. I know, but, it, but, but under, the new, under the new immigration policy, that shouldn't be a problem. If that's a, if that's a problem, that needs to be well, rooted out. Exactly, that's a separate but, issue. Yes, but is that not a way to root it out? I don't, I don't think so because that's still going to happen. You're still well, going to have people, people coming into. You're still going to have people coming to England illegally. Of course, we're from Calais. Have you, have you seen Calais? Yeah. So even when this immigration policy comes in, people are still going to manage to sneak into Britain, right? We know that. And there are going to be people who will sneak in who can't speak English and who are going to be exploited. So that's, that's up to, you know, the immigration uh, control to sort that out and up to the police in the United Kingdom to sort that out. So that's still going to be an issue. That's not going to change. Do you think so? I think, I don't know. I think for the benefit and the chances of the immigrant themselves integrating into the wider community, Mm-hmm. It'd be a much easier, you know, transition rather than having that language barrier because then sometimes they can absorb into, let's say, there's a Croatian community here, so they just absorb into the Croatian community and get very, very little English and contact with outside peoples. Let's say that mm-hmm. is common. Well, well I know. We, we, see, know we, we see that here. There's places in Dublin, for example, where you would only meet Polish people, uh, you know, and, and there are places in Dublin where you might only meet a lot of African people. So, mm-hmm. yes, we do. But Irish people do that, too, in America. There's Irish communities. Exactly. But that's the, I genuinely believe that's human nature because people don't actually like to change, really. They like to stay within what's familiar to them. Well, well, let me go to Sean. Well, hang on. Let me go to Sean. Sean, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Sean? Hey, how's it going now? Um, Sean, now, I don't think it's fair to compare the United States when we talk about language. All right, uh, but before, but before, the we get Kingdom. That, before we get to that now, what am I wearing? What are you wearing? Yeah. I'm guessing jeans and a T-shirt. Close, close. Because uh, it, it's amazing. You already you already appear to know exactly what I'm going to be saying. So I'm just, it, it's amazing. You're, you're, you're like a psychic. You've... you've Got me right on the wavelength there, man. <laughs> Fantastic. Go on. That was just smart arse, Sean. Better smart arse than a dumb arse. Anyway, back to the subject matter. Yes, what was your question? Uh, yeah, the question was in relation to language. Your text suggests mm-hmm. that, well, look, language is not an issue in the United States, so why, we sh- why should it be an issue in the United Kingdom? And my argument is, well, because the United Kingdom is predominantly British-speaking, whereas in the United States, although Britain would be the most, co- or English would be the most common language, in some states it's not the most spoken language. Right, but that's just at the current time. You, you were the, the German was actually almost the official language of the United States right after its founding, actually. There was about a quarter of the population, that's what they spoke, was German mm-hmm. back in the 1780s. 
these things change in time. They, they change over time. And generally, people, uh, when they move to a culture, the first generation struggles with the language, and the second and third usually simile nicely. At least that's the American experience anyway. Uh, I have worked with Polish people here in Ireland that have varying degrees from fairly fluent to almost uh, no English at all, and it didn't seem to affect their ability to show up every day to work and pay their taxes. And it does, li- does it not limit the amount of jobs they can get? Perhaps, but it's not... Perhaps. Every- it does, Sean. There's no perhaps about it. Of course it does. Are, are you going to be applying for a rocket surgeon, uh, rocket science job no. at uh, NASA tomorrow? I mean, everybody has limited in their choices of jobs. Based no, on no, well, no. But now, be logical, Sean. You know, the majority, the, the majority of jobs, you know, in this country, the majority, not all, but the majority of jobs would have a situation where you may have to communicate with the general public. So, on, yeah, the, on those sorry, grounds, you're, uh, you're you're immediately eliminated from all those jobs. Right. Okay. I'll, I'll grant you that. But then that means what? What does that mean? Well, it means that you are limited in getting employment if you lose, say, for example, if you go by the current criteria they want to bring in in Britain. So let's say you have a promise of a job at 30 grand. You get over there. Let's say, it, as I mentioned to somebody, it's a tech company where all your mates are all Spanish and you're Spanish. That's fine. You don't speak English. That's grand. You can get on quite well, but you lose the job. Mm-hmm. What are your possibilities of gaining employment after you've lost the job? Probably slim if you can't speak English. Well, if there's enough people there that speak Spanish, you can found your own firm. Again, that's the experience when you have immigrant communities become large enough, they Form their but own then it's the whole idea of integration that that does not happen again. We're talking about first generation, second generation. This is a long process that happens over time. Yeah, I, 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 I understand the first generation tends to be a bit rocky. Yes. Well, why? Why? If if it wasn't an issue. Why did George Osborne only two years ago suggest that he was going to stop unemployment benefit for people who didn't bother to learn English? Well, because uh, in an effort to obtain votes, I would imagine. Well, no, he was saying they were limited in employment and there's no point because, of course, the rules of social welfare is that you have to be available for employment. Uh, And if you can't speak English, well, you're not kind of really available for all types of employment, are you? Again, that's a fairly disingenuous uh, argument. I could get a job at McDonald's in, uh, in Kinshasa. Well, or in well how would you get past the interview process, Sean? It depends. It depends on how, again, on the nature of the job. You'll have to ask my Polish friends at the pallet factory where I work. They didn't, it, I'm, some of them could speak literally 10 words of English, and it didn't seem to interfere with their ability to operate heavy machinery mm. in a dangerous industrial environment, work as a team with people who didn't actually speak the language themselves. It is possible. Okay. And again, yeah. it really... I, I but do you, not accept, do you not accept it limits the choices? But our country isn't just an economic hub, Sean. Yes, it does limit the choices. <laughs> well, but but again, then, well then, when, when you want to have immigration in a country, and legitimate immigration, and you want to, uh, you know, obviously have a diverse country, there's no problem with diversity. Diversity is a good thing by times. Okay, so let's flip so, this so, argument around then. No, so, so let's, say the, let, let's say the <laughs> physicists coming from Mumbai or, or the IT specialists from Shanghai are they going to be able to sweep floors at McDonald's or, you know, be, are they going to be able to be bin men? I'm not saying that. Of course, there's jobs where people, uh, there are specialists that come in that may not speak English. I'm well aware of that. And those people are very no, skilled no, what specialists I'm generally. Is that there's some people who won't be able to, won't be considered for any job. You, but, but laws are made and usually made with a blunt instrument. 
And I understand there are always going to be exceptions to the rule, and maybe those exceptions could could be part of a consideration by an immigration uh, control. If, for example, you're applying for a visa and you happen to be a, a rocket scientist from India, uh, that's fair enough, and maybe they will take that into consideration that you have a very special skill, uh, similar to the United States, where they have specialist-type visas for somebody who has a special skill. Well, and ironically enough, if you've got a job that only 20 people in the world can do, you lose that job your odds of getting another job are far less than the person who can go out and sweep floors or do dishes. Well, yeah, it's, not, it's not, it's not, if, to, if it's not that your odds of getting it are slimmer, your odds of wanting to do it are slimmer. I thought the concern was just that they have a job and pay taxes and not be on welfare. Is it, were you trying to make everybody who comes to this country a millionaire? Is that the goal? Well, James, is it, well, well, okay, let me, let me ask James. James, is the language, you know, part of this? I understand maybe, you know, the salary, uh, you know, because you want people to, to be able to sustain themselves uh, without having to give them, you know, social welfare benefits. I can understand, you know, the background checks and all that kind of carry on and that you want skilled workers. But is the language part, as Sean says, a bit OTT? No, well, once, once again, it's essential. Because our well, country is not, I, well, it's not essen- it's, it's not essential, it's social, but it's certainly helpful. It is yes. not, well, true, okay. It is not essential. It, it may be yes, preferable, okay. but it's not essential. So, hold on. So for a person to integrate into the wider society, they have to be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. If they cannot communicate with people, how will they integrate? If there's no integration, there's balkanization. What is, it, what is it that marks integration? Is it the ability to have a job? Is it the ability to go on the Nile Boylan show and speak eloquently in English on all topics, under uh, the sun. What, no, is it that, what is it that makes somebody integrated? I thought, again, the, the they concern, get with, I the, the goalposts are constantly shifting. At first, it's, you know, oh, we have no. to protect jobs, because, and it's, oh, we don't you, want to pay taxes because, for the welfare, then it's, oh, we you want to come keep terrorists because, because, because you have the American philosophy, because you have the American philosophy of life. That's the difference. You do not understand that about the European political system. Well, I'm asking a lot of different problems, but again, you, you want to look at the you, you of countries letting in immigrants. America's America done pretty well to become the most um, powerful country in the, the world here's in the only issue. a couple hundred right. years. Okay, one, one at a time. Well, so, okay, well let, let James just respond. Hang on, Sean, let James respond. America was a country built <clears throat> by immigrants. European countries are civilizations, ancient civilizations, or ancient peoples. It's two completely different political... Well, would that be fair to say the world, the world has changed, James? We do really? evolve, society The people living in Greece now are the same Greeks that were there in Socrates' times. The people Hold living on. in outside okay. Rome now are the same ones that were there in Caesar's times. The people in France, really? So you're actually you denying... <clears throat> okay, so let's say Indo-European haplogroups, yes? They are still the dominant haplogroups across the continent of ancient ancestors. Now you're mixing you biology with culture. I thought we were discussing culture, not biology. But I'm explaining the political philosophies, the difference. The, the way you look at immigration is purely as you describe it. It's the American form of immigration. We are talking about the European form of immigration. The two completely different philosophies. Yeah, the European the form of two immigration. They're seen as two completely different things. What I'm arguing is that the, actually the older form of European integration, which involved mass armies on the move, actually taking over land and raping the natives and assimilating with them. All people way. did, Sean. Sean, right, all exactly. people did. No, no. I'm all not taking any no, moral aspersions of that. I'm yes, saying that that's actually... This is what you... As soon as, we, as, soon, Again, as, soon, as soon as this debate comes up, you, no, no, it's no, straight no, no. on to European colonialism. No, no, you do no. Know, you do know Europe exists pre-colonialism. You do know that. You do have a history pre-colonialism. of the world for several hundred years. 
And it was, know, it was oh, not yeah. because it kept itself sealed off from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. It was invaded repeatedly over and mm-hmm. over again by different mm-hmm. immigrant groups. The Slavs moved into Greece in the 8th century in Greece. The Germans moved into Italy and France in the 6th century. The Arabs, the Moors moved into the people, Spain in the 7th and 8th no, century. Yeah. All these changes. I know there's been countless changes of population here. This has nothing to do no, well, with whether well, you're going to have a productive society I say there's been two to three changes of populations here that actually have mixed into their own ethnic group. That's what I'm saying. And the same in Britain. Exactly what you're saying. It was slow movement in, like and I said I'm earlier. I'm saying your, your well, attachment and to people ethnic groups is ridiculous generation. it's not logical. No. Because you're Nothing. looking at you're looking at no. surface characteristics. No, I'm not looking. No, I'm not. Okay, oh, so are so you're you giving, denying you're the fact? Okay, so the people, the people who inhabit okay, the people who inhabit France now, right? The majority ethnic group in France. Well, actually, there's an interesting text in relation to that. He says, after the Norman conquest of 1066, the French quickly replaced English in all domains associated with power. French uh, was used at the royal court by the clergy, the aristocracy and the law courts. But the vast majority of the population continued to speak English. <clears throat> Somebody else mentions, by the way, here, Russell and Wexford says, uh, now, when, they in, uh, when the initial influx of immigrants came from the West Indies, they integrated into the UK society. They drove buses on the tubes, were postmen and such like. I'm a Brit now living in Ireland circa 20 years, and I've seen Ireland become uh, how the UK was when I left. More and more unskilled, unskilled foreigners with little or no English language. The UK is now taking a stand, says Russell and Wexford. Well, they, well, they, you can't argue that, Sean. You know, the people, and we have to value the people's opinion, uh, as we did in the United States, although you're not happy about that. Uh, but we have to value the people's opinion, and the people of Britain have spoken democratically, and they said, we don't want the free movement of people anymore. Right. They said by a slim margin they're going to shoot themselves in the foot. Yes, I understand that. I'm, I'm not against democracy. That's fine with me. They're, they're idiots. That's fine, but that doesn't directly concern me. But I really don't but want to But they're living there, Sean. You're your not. Question, they know what it's question. like. Your question was referring to this country. I don't want to see that happen in this country. If they want to be idiots, that's fine. Are you suggesting half the population of Britain are idiots? Well, more than half the population. I think it was a really stupid decision to vote to leave Brexit. And by the way, I agree with Helena. There's not going to be a Brexit. I'll bet you that as well. Hard. I'll get in, no, I'll get in on that. No, no, hard. No, no, hard. Helene, uh, Helene is smiling and cheering in the background here. It's now. going to be 99% sure now. It's going to be a hard break. I've just given you my prediction. There'll be a general election um, at the start of September to mid-September. Uh, Boris Johnson will be the Prime Minister, continue to be the Prime Minister, obviously. And, and Nigel Farage will be the Deputy yeah. Prime Minister. Mm-hmm. And there will be a Brexit with no deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now, they well, may see. they may get an extension on the backstop for five years. That's about the only part of the deal they actually might get. And why are you chiding the Irish government, by the way, and not bending over backwards for Britain? Are you Irish or British? Now, I am absolutely way? Irish, but at the end of the day, I'm looking after the Irish interests. But I don't believe that mm-hmm. Simon Coveney and Leo Varadkar are. I believe Simon Coveney, well, particularly Leo Varadkar, is looking after his own interest uh, by being over in Europe. At the end of the day, it's their Brexit, not ours. We can't be blackmailing the British government by saying, listen, the only way you can have a Brexit is by oh, not so- having a border. So I live in a housing estate within a semi-attached house. If my neighbor decides to burn his house down. It's, it's none of my concern. By, by that no, if, if your neighbor, if your neighbor wants to burn his house down, I suggest you talk to your neighbor first. And if you can't, if you can't come to some sort of agreement with your neighbor, then you go to the Garda Shikana, i.e., Europe. So, in other words, we talk to Britain first, and then we go to Europe, not the other way around. That was Plan A. Plan A by Leo Varadkar was to go and 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 side up with Europe and go up their arses. Plan B should have been that we spoke to the British, but we don't have a Plan B. 
because we didn't bother because we were so arrogant about the fact that we felt we needed a backstop. And there's no there's no application of that term arrogance to the British, only to the Irish. Well, the Brit- the, the British are doing no, what, what, what the dem- no. democratically what the people have asked for. Right, and how they're deciding to treat their neighbours is there's no not even a touch of arrogance there. Well, I mean, what could they like, do? For they, example, they, your, well, your hang buddy, on, with the greatest respect, they have already come up with a few plans. Theresa May did come up with, you know, and I thought Theresa May did a reasonably good job. She tried her best. It was an impossible situation. A poison chalice. She even suggested a border down the centre of the Irish Sea, which was never going to happen because the Northern Irish people we're never going to agree with that because right, half of them believe they're British. Agree with that. So there's no. not even a touch of arrogance in, in your buddy Pretty Patel when she said in December about, you know, well, you know... The, oh, the, I know the, what she said, yeah, for the, the Irish people. shortages in Ireland. Yeah, they, they should use She was suggesting almost starving the Irish people, yeah, I know. Yeah, mm. there's no arrogance at all in that state. Well, she is, a bit, she is a bit arrogant about that, but well, in this, oh, I probably agree with her. Oh, okay, you will concede that. Yeah, yeah, I will, yeah. Okay. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, she, but I know, she almost suggested starving the Irish people. Yeah, Charming. Yeah. She's home secretary. What a lovely woman. I hope she doesn't die in a fire tonight. That would be terrible. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. So, James, getting back to you, I mean, uh, you do know about uh, Bridget Patel, don't you? Nice name and all as it is. I do. She did, she did suggest, you know, draining the Irish people of, of British goods and food. Yeah. I think it was loose talk, to be honest. Well, it, it was a bit of yeah. loose talk, but yeah. she was condemned for saying it by Theresa May, by the way. If you were I do that, that's known as the crime of extortion if with private citizens. Mind you, I did see on, on Twitter today, somebody reasonably prominent was suggesting, I think I might actually have it in a tweet here, hang on, was suggesting that... Um, they should the British should invade Ireland peacefully by uh, using yeah, military yeah, style. Yeah, yeah, Helena has that on her Twitter, I saw her there. Yeah. <laughs> that was very interesting. I thought he was no, taking you'd be the down bowing uh, you'll be you'll be there bowing. <laughs> he you would were, actually. Uh, <laughs> you're the Union Jack wrapped around you. <laughs> How could I <laughs> Although Timmy Dooley, the T D has now said the standoff with our nearest neighbour is a direct result of the T Shooks of Radkers failing to engage in basic diplomacy over the last two years. The government, the government's lack of experience uh, and arrogance will hurt Ireland in the, the coming months. Yeah, just like Trump, you know, it's always no, somebody no, else's. You know, no, That's no, Timmy Dooley. He's a TD, by the way. Sorry, yeah. No, Leo thinks because he has Germany on his side. And you know, a nice new a suit. Bit, and a nice new suit. And he, he can be a... Very, and he's friends with Kylie Minogue. Exactly. I'd rather you know, have Germany than my side of uh, I don't think so, Sean. Looking at how Germany treated people with austerity, yeah, they're no friend. No I'm friend. talking about economic terms. Germany is as ahead of Britain. Yeah, but yeah, but also for Germany to have an economic advantage, the southern states have had to suffer massively. So Germany can have low artificial rates. Yeah, but Germany's the only one with an export surplus. Right. So if someone's run a surplus, someone has to run a deficit. And it's totally yeah, in Europe, the independent labour sector. My best friend at the is expense Germany. of Europe. He, I've, I've heard extensively about how it affects the Germans. I'm not saying I'd want to live in Germany, but as far as being part of a, a, a common polity with Germany, it's, it's part as the leader. I would rather have that than have a failing well, uh, Before I wrap it up, by the way, I just found this tweet. Yes, I think uh, we, in brackets, the UK, should simply invade Ireland, brackets, military-wise, uh, peacefully, as there, as there wouldn't be a resistance. Dissolve the Irish government partially job done Ireland leaves with the rest of the people uh, that have been carrying it for centuries 
I mean, in fairness, I'm not going to get into, I'm going to get over for saying this, but in fairness, I mean, being a republic, we have failed miserably over the last 100 years. We have never been able to do it on our own. What's the deafening silence as, for that? As, as opposed to who, Nile? Norway, Denmark. No, Hungary, we've always been run by somebody. Well, no, no. You need to consider the situations we found our freedom in. Well, hang on, hang on. We were invaded by the British. We were then, obviously, we were governed by by Great Britain. As soon as uh, Great Britain let go and we got our so-called independence, uh, we were run by the Catholic Church and canon law and Pope Pius. Uh, And as soon as that was finished, we were part of Europe. So we never really had independence, did we? I think for the government of the day, when we got our independence, they used the Catholic Church as a crutch while they were having a trade war with Britain, who actually owned, what was it, almost two-thirds of the globe at that stage dominated global trade. Was the Do you not think we'd be better off as part of the common market or as part of the Commonwealth? No, no because, because I think we were so small in those affairs. When we, still small. we still are small. We still are small. We still exactly. Right. But I, I so for a small country, independence is not necessarily a great thing for a small country. You're going to have to have some degree of dependence on a larger Absolutely. Uh, global uh, yeah. political entity. If you want to have any influence at all, I, if you're just going to be a road bump, nobody's going to give a shit about you. At well, nobody gave a shit about Ireland for years anyway. Well, Britain I mean, seems to be giving a shit about Ireland. Well, they do, they do now, yeah. Because we've got 450 million Europeans behind us as well. So, yeah, that does kind of give a little bit more of a... Absolutely. You know, now, when you go back to the 1960s, nobody gave a shit about Ireland. Nobody even knew it existed. Right, exactly. You want to go back to that? No, I want to be part of something bigger. But I don't think the European model is working too well. I don't think the EU model is working. That's that's going to be knackered in about 10 years. We have 5% unemployment here. This is one of the richest, most peaceful countries in the world. Yeah, what the hell do you yeah, want? But, yeah, do you but you see, you're looking, you're looking at Ireland, okay, and in the realms of the European Union, which has one of the biggest GDPs, it's very easy to pump a country like Ireland full of funny money. But when you look at the bigger states like Italy, yeah, France, but they could be gone soon. Right. Spain. Stagnation. Yeah, you know, dream Spain on now. Dream. Italy could be gone soon. I'm sure. telling you. Sure. That's my next bet. All right. Well, I'll bet you you're double betting on the volume as well. <laughs> right. Does anybody want to take a bet with me on the general election? Of whom? I reckon there'll be a general election mid-September in Great Britain. And the, mm-hmm. and, the, and the outcome will be Nigel Farage will be the Party Prime Minister. and Brexit Party. No, no, yes. That was my exact prediction. Yeah. Right. And Niall, regardless of what I'm not ripping said, you off, by the way, James. I did come up with that on my own as well, you know. Of course I did, Niall. I'm sure you did. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> actually, I texted that into you now. Did you? Sticky. I did. I think. I think I did. About I don't know if you did. When, when Boris was text. elected, when Boris was uh, chosen, I'd say, not elected, chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, look, I reckon that's the turn of events that's going to happen. A lot of Irish people here, I think, have been let up to Papua Senegal. Mm-hmm. I don't really think they understand how serious the Brits are. No, um, I don't think it's going to be a second referendum. I no, definitely won't. it's going to be. It's like crunch time. There will, be, there will be no second referendum. That has been guaranteed more or less already. Yeah, uh, has more or less clarified that there won't be a second referendum. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan show. Classic hits.